Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14, and will be read from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that, we may, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, so that you may have all endurance and patience. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the, in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, we're reading from the NRS View edition. It's the NRSV updated edition today. It's a new uh, translation of the Bible, a, a, a revision of the NRSV that we've used so often. And uh, uh, so we're using that. It's only available online. So I have downloaded a digital copy. I paid for it. And I have it on my phone, so I don't have to carry 50 Bibles around. Uh, but it's only available digitally, so I'm going to read from my phone. Uh, so the gospel lesson today is from Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 27. I would invite you to stand, if you're able, and uh, hear these words of Jesus. When he said, but I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you, and if anyone takes away what is yours, don't ask for it back again. And then this classic text we often call the golden rule, do to others as you would have them do to you. And then he goes on. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive payment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, your reward will be great. And you will be called children of the Most High, for God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And he sums all of this up in this verse 36. Be merciful as God is merciful. I hope you've been listening, because as we read from Colossians, these are all ways that we can walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
got some gospel affirmations I'd like to invite you to join with me in on because so often uh, the, the Sermon on the Plain or the Sermon on the Mount, uh, these get interpreted in legalistic ways. And the Pharisees who were standing there listening would have loved to have turned them into rules and regs and do's and don'ts and uh, things that uh, they were upset at Jesus because he uh, was offering a better way. And so sometimes when we live in a state of grace, we want to to become legalistic about it and uh, expect others to follow suit. So I I have some gospel affirmations here that come from these two texts, and I wondered if you would repeat them with me. Of course, if you don't agree with them, you don't have to. But here's the first one. Following Jesus is a way of life not a set of rules. Following Jesus is a way of life and not a set of rules. The second one is, more like the master is the desire of my heart, not a set of rules. More like the master is the desire of my heart, not a set of rules. Becoming who God wants me to be is my way of living. Becoming who God wants me to be is my way of living. When Jesus spoke to the people, he was talking about a new way of life, a new way of living, a new way of becoming who God has created us to be. It's a way of being and not a way of doing. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, called it sanctification. Now, that's a big word. I can't spell it. But it also means going on to perfection. Uh, What does that mean? Well, it's not about grinding an aircraft part to one one hundred thousandths of an inch. It's about being used for the purpose that God created us for. And that doesn't have anything to do with rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. When Jesus spoke to the people, it was not to get them to follow his way or else be condemned. This is part of what made the Pharisees very upset. It's about living a new way of life that brings a little bit of heaven on earth, that offers freedom generosity, and justice. Jesus is the Son of God. He took care of getting us into heaven. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about doing all the right things, saying all the right words, uh, attending all the right services, praying all the right prayers, extending all the right kindnesses. We could go down the list, and it could get really long. And some of us think that in order to be accepted in God's eyes, that we've got to toe the line. It's not about that. Lest we fall back into a works, righteousness, legalistic regimen. I declare that Jesus wasn't threatening us under the uh, possibility of condemnation. No. He was saying he's already taking care of stuff. Taking care of business. 
He takes care of getting our souls into heaven. And we have seen that over and over as we remember the work of Jesus on the cross. For he did there what no other could do. And he paved the way so that we can have a ticket to glory. Are you listening? What he was doing was he was teaching and modeling a way of living that brings heaven into our souls. He's already taken care of getting our souls into heaven. It's about getting heaven into our souls. He taught us in the prayer uh, that says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The operative phrase there is on earth as it is in heaven. That's what sanctification is all about. It's understanding that it's a way of life. And it's a way of, of getting heaven into our midst. To get to be a part of what God is blessing in this world. And this is precisely what um, uh, Pastor was talking about with uh, the work at New Covenant. We don't do things at New Covenant because we feel we have to. We don't do it under compulsion because we want some kind of credit in the annual conference or on our year-end report. We don't do that. We do it because we can't help it, because we want to. It's the same thing I say about the Ten Commandments. I just love to tell you this because it makes some people squirm. It certainly would make the Pharisees squirm in Jesus' day when I make that heretical statement and say, I don't have to follow the Ten Commandments anymore. I don't have to. It's a rules of do's and don'ts. I don't have to. God isn't going to strike me dead. The miracle is, because Jesus is a part of my life, I want to. I can't help it. I trip over on my own feet, seeking to live the pattern of life that God has given to us. So that I can be healthy and whole. Perhaps one of the most vital witnesses of that was Aunt Hester Gillett. You don't know Aunt Hester Gillett unless you went to Summit United Methodist Church, rural Peabody, Kansas in the mid-1970s. While I was in college at French University, I wanted to preach. And so the district superintendent sent me to Summit United Methodist Church, a little open country church. And picture it. I mean, it's one of those little white frame buildings with three windows on each side, a little steeple with a bell that you hardly dare ring because it might fall out of the belfry. And he gave me the opportunity to go. And with fear and trembling, I did. But I learned something about the faith that has lasted me all these years. And it came from Aunt Hester Gillett. She was in her mid-80s. She barely could walk in the door to church and she'd use her cane to make it to the front. And when she got to the front, there was a hush over the crowd. And Maudie Gaines would go to the piano and she'd say, I'll play as long as it doesn't have too many sharps. Or was it flats? I can't remember. But Aunt Hester would open up their hymnal and she would lead the singing. Now she opened up the hymnal, but she didn't look at it. She knew all the songs. 
And the one I learned from her is one that enabled me to let go of all the rules and regulations, of all the do's and don'ts, of having to follow the correct way. When she would sing from memory and people would follow along, more like the master I would ever be. More of his meekness, more humility, more zeal to labor, more courage to be true, more consecration for the work he bids me do. Take thou my heart, I would be thine alone. Take thou my heart and make it all thine own. Purge me from sin, O Lord, I now implore. Wash me and keep me thine forevermore. More like the master is my daily prayer. More strength to carry crosses I must bear. More earnest effort to bring his kingdom in. More of his spirit, the wanderer to win. More like the master. I would live and grow more of his love to others I would show. More self-denial like his in Galilee. More like the master I long to ever be. And then she would close the hymnal that she never looked at. And we all got the message. It's not about following the rules and the regulations that somehow might get us a ticket to crawl into heaven that matters. It's about drawing close. Drawing close in a relationship that will glue us together to the Lord of life and to the spirit which can fill us to overflowing so that our cups runneth over with goodness and mercy. Are you listening? We don't have to follow the Ten Commandments anymore because we want to. We can't help it. We don't have to burden ourselves with rituals, formulas, and do's and don'ts. We want to have more meekness and more zeal and courage. And love is first on our mind when we think of our enemies. When Jesus said, love your enemies. That wasn't a rule and a regulation. That was let love be your The first thing you think of when you think of your enemies. Doing good is our motivation. No matter the situation, even if it's with people who hate us. And that blessing effortlessly falls off our lips toward those who curse us. And a prayer of mercy is the first thing that comes to mind when we think of those who have done us wrong. Repeat after me. Following Jesus is a way of life, not a set of rules. Following Jesus is a way of life, not a set of rules. More like the master is the desire of my heart, not a set of rules. More like the master is the desire of my heart, not a set of rules. Becoming who God wants me to be is my way of living. Becoming who God wants me to be is my way of living. There are so many times that uh, we, we get it wrong and we miss the mark. Now, I, <clears throat> here's a sad testimony of what Jesus was not saying. As a Catholic priest in Arizona, after discovering that he incorrectly performed thousands of baptisms for over 20 years... He was called upon to resign and to repent of his waywardness. 
his grievous error. When he did all of those baptisms, he said, we baptize instead of I baptize. Well, isn't baptism a part of the community of faith? Come on, give me a break. According to the Catholic hierarchy, this invalidated all those baptisms, and those folks must now be baptized again. Now, I have nothing against the Catholic Church. But Father Andre said, it saddens me to learn that I have performed invalid baptisms throughout my ministry as a priest by regularly using an incorrect formula. Father Andre was forced to resign and apologize. He'd been a priest for decades, serving in Brazil in the late 1990s before serving at the Diocese of San Diego and the Diocese of Phoenix. Come on. Give me a break. Do you think God is thwarted by one slip of ecclesiastical dogma? Now, I could stand here and talk about the United Methodist Church till 5 o'clock, so we're not innocent. But what was Jesus saying in that Sermon on the Plain? He said all of these things, and then he'd come to two major admonitions. The first one of which was, do to others as you want them to do to you. That's the bottom line. And what was the other one? Be merciful as God is merciful. Those are the only two things that are important. The rest is an effort to follow as we best know how. Living more like the Master uh, Jeannie and I engage. Uh, we've been watching the Olympics. <laughs> it's, it's been fun. I, I'm not a big sports person. You're not going to get me on a set of skis and send me down the side of a mountain. Or I'd probably cut my leg if I was a speed skater, the way they sharpen those skates. But here's one you've got to know, and this, this illustrates what Jesus was trying to tell his people. In honor of Black History Month, I'd like to recognize Team USA speed skater Erin Jackson, who just became the first ever black woman from any country to win a gold medal in speed skating at the Winter Olympics. It happened on February the 13th. Wow. In the women's 500-meter race. Now, you've got to know the backstory. First of all, despite being number one ranked skater in the women's 500 meter going to the Olympic trials, Jackson slipped during her qualifying race and she came in third. They only take the top two. Those were the only ones that qualified. And so Aaron Jackson, the number one ranked speed skater, didn't make the Olympic trials. However, her teammate, if you ask me, Brittany Bowe is close to the heart of God. Her teammate and longtime friend, Brittany Bowe, who came in first in the qualifier, gave up her spot 
so that Jackson could compete with Team USA. Brittany said she deserves it. And she knew that Aaron was better at the 500 meter than she was. Aaron said, I'm incredibly grateful and humbled by the act of kindness that Brittany gave. And Jackson skated. And she skated to gold. That's what Jesus was talking about. Might be giving up your spot in line so someone else could be there first. It might be a host of other things, but it's all motivated by being more like the master, the desire of my heart. Here's another one. I, I think it's a class act, and I, on Twitter, a lot of people thought so too. Levo Niskanen, who uh, won a gold medal in the 15-kilometer cross-country skiing. He won, but he stopped, and he waited until the last person came in. Carlos Quintana of Colombia finished last. 18 minutes behind the winner. It's one thing to be a great athlete, but it's another thing to be a great person. What a class act, Levo. You waited for Carlos. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's taken time that's other-oriented Becoming who God has called us to be. To change the world by living a new way of life. A new way of life that gets heaven into our souls. That brings freedom and generosity and hope. Now, you might want to get legalistic about this and say, Well, what do I do to become more like the master? (laughs) Okay, here's a to-do list. Be with the Jesus people whenever they gather. Rub shoulders with positive folk and stay away from the negative. Love lavishly. Give generously. Bless frequently. Do all the good you can. Pray without ceasing. And God will help you know the right way to do it for the giftedness you have. In all you're doing and in all you're living, please remember, God chose you. And he paved the way for you. And the rest is allowing us to be a part of what God is blessing in the world. I could talk until 2.30, but I'm getting hungry. You know, to, to, to follow this up, and how shall I live my life? I like to think of the butterfly started out as an ugly caterpillar well some of them are cute spins itself into a cocoon and then after a period of time out comes a most beautiful gift from heaven itself a paradigm for how we shall live ready Set, 
glow. 